0: Welcome to Episode 29 of the Patient Safety Podcast. This series is brought to you with the support of W21C in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Calgary. In this episode, we are joined by Alicia Caba, a resident doctoral candidate in the Department of Medicine at the University of Calgary, who specializes in medical education. Today, Alicia will be discussing her national award-winning research on group conformity in healthcare, entitled The Impact of Peer Pressure on Medical and Nursing Students' Clinical Skills Performance in a Simulated Interprofessional Education Environment. Alicia is part of a research team here at the University of Calgary, led by Tanya Barron, in collaboration with Kevin McLaughlin from Undergraduate Medical Education, Deb White from the Faculty of Nursing and Jeff Kerr from the W21C. Alicia's study is part of this team's ongoing research to examine how students in the health professions at every stage in their education conform to information they believe to be incorrect. Having observed that medical clerks were likely to perform a knee aspiration incorrectly if they believed other students had performed it in the same incorrect way. The team next examined whether students in other health professions, such as psychology, would report incorrect information in an online environment upon hearing the same incorrect information from their peers. Both studies found that students are likely to follow behaviors demonstrated by their peers even when they know these behaviors are contrary to what they have been taught. Alicia's study further explores whether this phenomenon of conformity occurs when medical and nursing students interact with one another. As with all of our episodes, more information about Alicia and links to any references mentioned in the episode are available on our website at www.patientsafetypodcast.com. And now, to discuss group conformity in healthcare, Alicia Kaba.
1: My learning objectives are to number one, describe group conformity and share examples of how it may occur in healthcare. Number two, share empirical evidence that demonstrates group conformity amongst interprofessional students. And number three, consider potential implications of group conformity for patient safety and education. So have you ever noticed in rounds the junior resident will agree with the senior resident even though he or she has a wrong diagnosis? because it's expected that they know best, or in nursing charting, they chart the exact same respiration rate as her colleague because she trusts their assessment skills, or medical students might osculate a patient's lungs and is unable to hear crackles reported by the attending physician, but agrees to also hearing these abnormal breath sounds just so that he seems like he's not incompetent in front of his peers. This ubiquitous human need to belong to social groupings may motivate an individual to imitate the behavior of the group. In fact, previous experimental research in social psychology has demonstrated that a group can exert pressure on an individual to conform even to information that the individual knows is incorrect. This phenomenon of conformity is one such influence that refers to the act of changing an individual's behavior to match the response of others. In particular, when one group member holds an opinion that is contrary to the others of the remainder of the group, there is a pressure for individuals to conform. While it's been studied in the field of social psychology for the last 60 years, it has not yet been systematically examined in medical education or amongst the health professions. The thing is, though, we know that there is both the good and the bad of conformity. We know that conformity is adaptive. It's a means of organizing ourselves to achieve a common goal, and in our society, it promotes social norms, and it's why we follow rules, and it provides structure, social conventions, and predictability. However, on the other side, conformity can impact learning, or it can limit what is achievable within the group, as we all try to imitate each other to not stand out or to be different. If, in fact, healthcare professionals are making decisions and communicating ineffectively without critical examination based on the consensus of their colleagues, this could have some significant implications for patient safety. And in many cases, this could be maladaptive and could lead to potential harm of patients. I hope that this podcast will provide you with some food for thought and to reflect on these critical questions of the impact of group conformity on patient safety and quality of care. As mentioned in the introduction, we know that communication between practicing nurses and physicians may directly impact patient safety and medical errors. This study aims to investigate a particular form of communication error, namely peer pressure to conform to inaccurate information communicated by a member of a healthcare team. Given the ubiquity of collaborative practice in healthcare, it is critical to examine how interprofessional group members interact the present research study will investigate the impact of peer pressure amongst healthcare students on reporting accuracy of vital signs. So now we'll move on to the methods and experimental study design. To determine if students repeat inaccurate information they hear from other students, second year medical students, which the N was 60, and third year nursing students with an N of 44 were invited to take radial pulse, respiration rate, Systolic and Diastolic Blood Pressure Readings from a Patient Simulator, ISTAN-CAE. Groups consisted of one medical student participant and three actors posing as nursing students, or one nursing student and three actors posing as medical students. The experimental design was divided into two phases, the pre-intervention and the intervention phase. During the pre-intervention phase, students started the session by completing demographic and knowledge forms. Then they were asked to watch an educational training video on taking vital signs. Finally, they underwent a practice session on the patient simulator. These three steps were necessary as we wanted to ensure that there was no baseline differences between the groups in their knowledge and skills prior to the experimental phase. Then we moved into the experimental or intervention phase, which the students were required to take three rounds of vital signs. Prior to the experiment, the researchers instructed the Confederates to state predetermined vital sign values for all three rounds. For the first and second rounds, the Confederates all gave the same correct values for all three vital signs. But for the last round, the Confederates stated the same incorrect values for all three vital signs respiration rate of 18 breaths per minute, a radial pulse of 70 beats per minute, and a blood pressure reading of 115 millimeters of mercury over 70 millimeters of mercury. These values are considered wrong because they did not match the reading that iStan had been pre-programmed to display. The correct response as programmed by iStan for the respiration rate was 24 breaths per minute, The radial pulse was 52 beats per minute, and the blood pressure was 135 millimeters of mercury over 90 millimeters of mercury. The researchers recorded the medical students' reports of the three vital signs to determine if the same incorrect values would be reported. This procedure was followed with the nursing student participants, except each was matched with the three actors posing as medical students. Finally, at the end of the experiment, the participants were asked to fill out a multiple-choice questionnaire that included diagnostic interpretations of the results that they took on the last set of vital signs. At the end of the experiment, in the post-study interview, the participants were asked why or why not they reported the same incorrect values as the actors. So now let's move on to the results. A total of 95.2% of all students reported a response that fell in the range of incorrect values for at least one of the four vital signs. Thus, medical and nursing students repeated the incorrect vital signs they heard from the members of their interprofessional student groups. This evidence of conformity was particularly apparent amongst nursing students, where the majority of them reported the same incorrect vital signs they heard from the medical students. This finding was statistically significant. These findings also suggest that peer pressure may prevent nursing students from questioning information given by medical students that seem incorrect. Nursing students may have been more likely to conform because of the historical embedded hierarchical relationships and power differentials that exist between nurses and physicians in practice, thereby increasing the pressure for nursing students to state the same incorrect vital sign reading they heard from the medical students. Another interesting finding that we found was that nursing students reported a higher number of incorrect diagnostic interpretations of multiple choice questions. The mean number was 2.09 with a standard deviation of 0.88, but the medical student's mean was 1.65 with a standard deviation of 0.80. Again, this was statistically significant. Finally, we explored reasons why participants may have conformed using a grounded theory approach. The primary reason for nursing students to conform was grouped in the theme of self-doubt and challenges within the medical hierarchy. For medical students, the most common theme for reasons why they conformed was expectations of professional norms, as well as fear of evaluation. There were several limitations and delimitations of our study. It was conducted in a laboratory setting, and the sample consisted of volunteers. thus it may not represent the population. As well, we only conducted the study in one university setting at the University of Calgary. The delimitations was the recruitment of the sample of 30 male nursing students was not possible based on our limited population, and we do not know if the results would transfer to practicing physicians and nurses. So let's move on to the significance of this study for patient safety and team decision-making. The tendency for students to alter their judgments in accordance to the group has significant implications for clinical practice. Approximately 20,000 deaths that occur in hospitals each year are considered preventable and the economic burden of medical errors is estimated at 300 million. Patient care is a complex activity that requires effective teamwork skills between healthcare providers to assure quality and safety. Research and practical experience in many high-stakes professions, including those in healthcare, have shown that optimal, efficient team communications and interactions are essential to human error reduction. In our study, the majority of nursing students conformed to the Confederates and had falsely interpreted the respiration rate, the radial pulse, and blood pressure as being normal in their interpretations. However, the experimenters set the respiration rate on the mannequin to be tachypneic, which is fast, and the radial pulse was bradycardic, which is slow, and the blood pressure was hypertensive, which was high. This presents a major patient safety issue when students are falsely interpreting the basic vital sign readings as being normal when the vital sign readings are within critical ranges. If this had been a real patient, the clinical management and treatment interventions to follow would have been very different than if the patient's vital signs were erroneously interpreted as normal. While one could argue that the results from this study were completed in a lab setting, or that the participants were only students, or that the patient was only a patient simulator, we cannot negate the fact that these students will one day be future doctors and nurses and will be working with real patients. Moreover, if they are making clinical decisions based on the consensus of the group, and have not learned to effectively communicate on how to mitigate conformity and how to engage in respectful and joint clinical decision-making within their teams, this could have some major implications for patient safety when they become members of the health professional workforce. Information may be unchallenged in a group situation where there's a strong need to be a team player and where being collaborative can be interpreted as agreeing and going along with the group consensus. It is important to recognize that trying to maintain harmonious relationships may prevent healthcare providers from communicating openly with their colleagues. Thus, health professional educators need to deliberately invite opportunities for discourse and encourage healthy debate amongst peers. When instructors give students permission to put forward independent thoughts, it enriches the knowledge of the group. Taking it one step further, as mentioned by the students in our study, we need to bring this consciousness to the possible importance of discussing conformity within the health professional education undergraduate curriculum prior to entry into practice. Health professional education reform needs to focus on dedicating curricular time and resources for opportunities for IPE on this critical issue. In summary, group conformity may prevent nursing students from questioning information given by medical students that seems incorrect. In practice, this may directly impact interprofessional communication, patient safety, and quality of care. The findings lay the foundation for the future study of group conformity within clinical context now that we know that this phenomenon exists at the student and undergraduate level. We hope that this study and the ones to follow will build a new program of research of the study of group conformity within medical education and the health professions. Currently, there are six conformity studies underway in the Faculty of Medicine.
0: That was Alicia Kaba discussing her research on group conformity in healthcare. Again, please visit patientsafetypodcast.com to find materials referenced in this episode. You can find all of our episodes for download there or from w21c.org, or you can subscribe to the series for free from iTunes. Remember, we'd love to hear from you, so please email your feedback, comments, or suggestions for our series to w21cedu at ucalgary.ca. Thanks for listening.